I don't know. Tyler posted himself up. He was at the beach. Oh, he's at the beach right now? It was like 8 in the morning for our time, but he's in Cancun, so it's different for him. Oh, dude, I forgot he was in Mexico. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so, he, so maybe he's taking the day off. Yeah, and then Milan texted the group chat yesterday, and she's she'd hinted that she was drunk yesterday, so... I don't know what's going on. Oh, bro. So maybe, yeah, it might be half the podcast might be hung over right now. <laughs> That's okay. That's funny. I know, we'll right? They should still come on. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if they come on or not. Not a big deal either way. Yeah, um, it's good, man. What's going on? Topics, though? Other than, I don't know what you guys talked about completely in the last episode. I, I missed it. Um, and I yeah. only watched the first half. Okay. Uh, we covered, we pretty much just covered the Open. We didn't really talk about any other classes in the Olympia. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just kind of shared our thoughts on what we thought of the top three, pretty much. And then before, you know, two hours has gone by. So Yeah, I saw that. It's two hour long. <laughs> yeah, bro, there was a lot that we didn't cover, for sure. Well, yeah. since the viewers missed it last week, why don't you start by just kind of sharing your general thoughts? On the O. I don't know, dude. It's it's, it's a it's a struggle. We've been talking about this a couple days because it's like what I think about is the the lat situation. Yeah. And with that, how detracting is that to a physique? Would it have any issues with placings? And also, I don't know about you, but I didn't notice it until people started talking about it. And then when I went and yeah. watched back is when I really noticed it. So it must have not been that obvious for everybody i don't know yeah no i don't it didn't distract me at all while they were on stage because like you said i didn't notice it until after the fact when i heard about it so i don't know man i hear people saying that it could just be his lymph nodes from dieting but lymph noids yeah lymph noids. <laughs> as nick tregilly said lymph noids <laughs> um that's weird, though. Like, is that a thing? Honestly, I've never seen or heard of that before. I mean, he could have still done a shot, like, in his lats. And for people who are speculating that it's sight enhancement, no one's... I don't think it's sight enhancement. I think, if anything, no. he just pins his lats, like some people do. I wouldn't recommend people do it, but some people do it. Yeah. Um, and it could have just got inflamed, maybe. But I have no idea. He did a guest posing just recently, and it looked like it was still there, but it wasn't as bad. So, like, it definitely is, like, an inflammation thing, and it's going mm -hmm. down. It's just, it's a really strange spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's feasible that he could have moved the majority of his shots to his last, uh, being that he's in season, right? Because you don't want lumps in your glutes, and you don't want... Sometimes it can, if you're lean enough, it can show up in your shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe for, him, for somebody who's like their glutes are one of their best body parts, he probably mm -hmm. is trying to keep away from pinning his glutes. Plus, they're see-through, dude. Like every any little lump would show up like a sore thumb on that man's glutes <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's feasible that maybe that's his spot. Maybe when he's competing, he moves all of his shots to his lats just to avoid. Uh, hurting any of his lines, you know? Yeah. And when I rewatched it, I saw that I honestly did have Hottie ahead. Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't know where I watched Tyler Mannion's video where he broke down the placings and everything. If anybody yeah. listening hasn't seen that, go watch it. That's on the uh, which it's on NPC News Online or is they posted on whatever Instagram page? Uh, I think so. Yeah, where did he post that? Olympia. Or is it just Tyler Mannion's uh, Instagram account, maybe? Yeah, and then he like collaborated, posted it with whoever he always does that with. He posted it on his page, IFBB Pro League, and then, yeah, NPC News Online. So okay. you guys can go watch that and see what you think. But one of the things that stood out to me is he said that there was an imbalance between Hottie's right and left leg when it looked at, like, sweep size and development, and that that's a symmetry issue. But when I watch prejudging and finals, mm-hmm. I see that more with Derek than I do with Hottie. And I see that Hottie's legs are much more developed and much more dense and conditioned. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just kind of, I guess it depends on what they were looking for. If you look at both of them individually, you'll see that Derek has really deep separation, like within the tie ends, like, you know, shoulder to bicep to tricep, everything. Yeah. But Hottie has that and he has detail within the muscle, like all the striations. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I go, I've gone back and forth a couple times. I mean, when I was watching it live... I was also leaning towards Derek. Um, But we all know that, you know, the live stream isn't necessarily the most accurate way to judge a bodybuilding show. Uh, Yeah, because that's how I had it, too, is live live stream, Derek all the way, but then 4K footage that we're seeing, I think hottie, but... Yeah. Then there's the in-person perspective that we don't get. Right. Um, I just think that hottie had a little bit more overall size and completeness which that also kind of confused me when tyler was saying about the imbalances left to right i didn't really notice that at all with hottie no Um, not at all he was perfectly symmetrical as far as what i could see yeah and another thing uh mannion said that kind of confused me is that what was it hottie had a little bit of a balance issue between his lower and his upper body and did he say that yeah, he said something to the effect of uh, Derek being more balanced top to bottom. And I thought that Derek was less balanced top yeah, to bottom. I disagree with that quite a bit. And when I see it, and like, even the front double, if if you argue that Derek's attribute is his shape, yeah. his taper, I liked Hottie's front double much more still. Sure, sure. Here, since we're talking about it. I'll pull it up. Yeah. um, I mean, regardless, it was really, really close. So I don't think if it had gone either way, it's like, you know, a major, major upset or anything. No, it is a bummer, though, that Derek has not gotten to enjoy his win because he has people coming at his throat. Yes, that is a a tragedy. Dude, his announcement... Uh, post for winning the Olympia has 27,000 comments on it. Oh my god, man. <laughs> wow. There's probably maybe 1,000 positive ones. Wow. That's crazy, dude. I, I definitely feel sorry for the guy. Um, I mean, like I said in the group chat, I feel like he's already like the least popular Mr. Olympia of all time and it's just because like, I don't know. All of all of Iran is in an uproar for sure. <laughs> Dude, they're so quiet until something like this happens. I know, I know, man. 
But yeah, looking at this, I feel like, I mean, Hottie obviously has one leg forward, but it doesn't look like there's an imbalance there to me. No, look at his sweeps. You see both the sweeps on the outside, and even at the angle that this is at, yeah, you can't see that imbalance with him, even with his legs being staggered. His sweeps look pretty symmetrical to me, but when you look over at Derek, you'll see like his left leg, which is our right side. That sweep looks a little bit rounder than the other one, and then also it looks like he might have... Oh, let's not speculate that he's shooting his quads too with stuff, but I can't tell if there's a little bit of a lump on that other side or not because some people shoot their quads too. That this is true. Yes. Does that does that am I wrong when I see that or do you see that as well? Uh as far as what the asymmetry? Look right at his um I always forget the names of the muscles. Right on his quad sweep right at the top where it starts to attach. Right there by his rectus femoris on both sides, you can see a little bit of a bump. And I don't know if that's just the picture or not. But Yeah. No, I, I, you mean kind of like where his sweep starts? Yeah. It could either be... Yeah. Just the lighting, maybe glare. I can't tell. It could be the lighting. It could be that's just literally the shape of his quad, since it is pretty symmetrical on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, very well could be, man. I mean, let's not... Who are we kidding? Like, all of us have to get our gear in our bodies somewhere. Yeah. We're all putting right. oil in our bodies. We just got to pick up where to put it. Exactly. So, like, no one on the Olympia stage is claiming to be natural. So, <laughs> it's like... It's just it, quad it, and lat pin is wild to me. Those are the two places I never do. Yeah, that's a pretty... It's a pretty nasty combo. Again, maybe he's just trying to preserve those crazy, crazy glutes. I don't know, yeah. man. Now, this is where I see Derek edging him out quite a bit. Yes. Uh the side leg is nuts on Derek, for sure. Yeah. It looks thicker and better condition. Dude. And Hottie's upper body still definitely holds its own. Samson here in the <clears throat> side shots was not flexing his glutes. He has striations from the side. He just doesn't have them as much from the back. So I don't know why he was doing that to himself and then he was doing a disservice to himself there. Yeah. Um, and then Hottie in the side leg, it looks like his glutes are overdeveloped in comparison to his hamstrings, so they don't flow quite as well as Derek's do. You see what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I do see that. Derek's is just kind of like bleeds right into his hamstring. And his hamstring yeah, his is whole too... leg is just this perfect shape here where Hottie's is like glute and then hamstring and quad go down. Yeah. It could be a posing thing, but I do like Derek in this shot much better. Yep. And then this is just where Derek shines, right here. Yeah, Hottie does hold his own, though. I think Hottie's back is pretty comparable. People aren't really talking about that for some reason. This is, it's mostly a width thing here, because I think that Hottie yep. has the thickness and the detail. He just doesn't have the same amount of shoulder width. Yeah, I mean, you could even make a case for Hottie having even more density <clears throat> and, de and thickness through the upper back. Yeah, the um, upper back for sure, specifically. I think Derek shines in the back yeah. shot so much, too, because he's so complete throughout the whole entire back. Yes. And it's just put together really well, man. Like, mm -hmm. it's the closest to, like, a Phil Heath back double that we've seen for a long time since Phil Heath. <laughs> Did you see the comparison pictures of, uh, it was Dorian, Derek, Phil, or, yeah, Dorian, Derek, Phil, and Ronnie. In the back double. No, that's that sounds amazing though. Where was that posted? I'll send it to you. Surprisingly okay. enough, which is not a surprising thing at all, Ronnie just makes everybody look like an amateur still. 
believe it. Yeah. Could you imagine just being that good at the sport to where the Mr. Olympia winners of all these eras, you still make them look like they couldn't even get a pro card? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It doesn't even say anything bad about these guys. It's just. I know. See, this right here, I actually like Hottie better. I'm going to. It's the side leg that's tricky, but. Oh, man. I really like, I actually do really like Derek in this shot, even upper body wise, because I like yeah. the way his delt flows to his tricep, you know? I think that what I like about this for Hottie is he looks like he's rotating a little bit more, so he's showing more yes. width in the shoulders, but then also a lot more detail in the midsection. But yeah. then what he's having an issue with is having enough mobility to push his hips the other way so that his exactly. leg can show from the side like how Derek's is. And exactly. then when he does that too, he's hiding his tricep a little bit behind. Yeah. Oh, Tyler's not going to be on today. Oh, he's not? Okay. I just said, no worries, bro. Enjoy yourself. Hell yeah, dude. Is Everybody he just... go congratulate Tyler on his uh, Instagram. He's a married man now. Oh, is he a, a married man officially? I don't know if that happened yet or not, but that's what he's there for. Oh, dude, I didn't even know that. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought he already was, but no, they've been engaged for a long time. Okay. They've been moving around and stuff, so they just hadn't gotten to it yet, so... Good for Man. him. Good for him, dude. I think this shot is clearly hottie. I mean, the detail in his midsection is ridiculous. Yeah, hottie's abs, and when you see it in motion, like in the live stream and the videos and everything, it's yeah, it's pretty. It's something to. It's gonna make me actually start training abs. I never train abs. <laughs> I just training abs. Yeah, dude, it's lights out for sure. Derek and, cheats himself in this pose anyways because he doesn't have a good ab and thigh. So what you'll notice is he does that crunch down very, very quickly. And then he goes up into like this weird half vacuum. Yeah, yeah. I don't like this on him either. I think the two shots that Hottie wins, and I think Mannion even conceded this in his breakdown, is this shot the most muscular and the abs and thigh for sure. Do you think he wins most muscular? I think he has a better width in the shoulders than the most muscular, but there's just something about this pose that I'm not really a fan of him in. Wait, Hottie or Derek? What's that? Hottie or Derek? <clears throat> Derek. No, no, I was saying Hottie. Oh, yeah. I think Hottie wins, wins this one. Yeah, I think Hottie wins this one hands down. I think he wins the abs and thigh hands down. Uh, the others are kind of like, like you said, personal preference, right? It's like... I don't know. It's like, which do you like? Because they're both phenomenal, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, they both have asymmetrical uh, conditioning. One is super conditioned from the front, okay conditioning from the back, and then the other is the opposite. So it's like, yeah, yeah man, it was, a, it was a super close one. Super, super close. Yeah, I think first and second were really close. Samson was definitely third place pretty easily, but he wasn't going to be pushing for second yet. And I think that that's mostly a conditioning thing with him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's not in condition or if he just needs to get a little bit more density and detail before he can actually bring himself down to that level. But I did notice that at the show yesterday, uh, Romania, Samson looked better again. So I think that he needs to compete one time before the Olympia every single year. Like, he should just hop into a show like Legion or something, compete a couple of weeks out from the Olympia, and then hit a second peak because he always seems to come in better for that second peak. I was just going to bring that up because... Yeah, Romania is one to talk about. That was a good show. There's actually a guy in that show. I think he made his pro debut. His name is Mohamed Fuda, I believe. 
and I oh, had him his, ahead of Nathan. Was it his pro debut too? I believe so. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, yes, I thought Samson. I thought Samson looked phenomenal here. Um, and Bruce was pushing him. Yeah, dude, and Bruce held his own. I was really impressed with Bruce personally. Um, you know what? You know what I think kept Bruce back in placing too, though. What made it a decided win for Samson? Was his posing and presentation wasn't that good. If you watch, did you watch it? Yeah, he was yeah. very falling over himself when they were calling the most muscular. He started doing like a pose down and like he was he not was, like presenting very well. He wasn't he was, standing straight. He wasn't holding his poses. He was really shaky. He was doing some weird stuff, man. Uh, at prejudging, yeah, when they were calling most muscular, he would hit a most muscular. I can't remember which one. Three quarter back pose. And then he turned around to the back and, and yeah. you just had, um, Tariq the whole time was like most muscular, hit a most <laughs> muscular bruise, turn around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's bad when he calls you by name, like get on the line, hold the most muscular. <laughs> and just hold yeah. it. Yeah, dude, that was, that was odd. It was almost like he was doing, cause you know, in classic, they do that. Where they'll hit yeah, like they they'll like pose down. They do pose down when they do favorite classic. You'll see them hit their pose, and then one person will switch up, and then the rest of them start to switch up. But like, yeah, yeah. that's not that's not a thing in open. For open, no. I think it's like you can hit one most muscular variation, and then you can go into a second one and then hold it. But you shouldn't yeah. be doing all this movement. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was odd for sure. I could just hear Milos talking to him afterwards like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> what are you doing what the out there you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know uh i don't really know what was going on there but he looked phenomenal uh yeah, he looked good he was i wonder where he would have been at the olympia that's a great question man um i would man given how close he was to samson and how samson was actually improved uh I might I might have him top five. Like probably competing with Brandon for fourth is what I'm thinking. I had him ahead of Brandon. Yeah. That's that's kind of the development at. and the conditioning that would have set him ahead because also mm -hmm. Brandon's attribute would also be his shape. Baruz's shape was pretty gnarly. Yeah. He's very, very well shaped and proportioned bodybuilder. Yes. I think that that was a really extremely competitive show right after the Olympia. And I think that it was really smart for Samson to go do something like that because mm -hmm. it solidifies his third place against the two people that were not there at the Olympia that a lot of people were wondering about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. See this, the, the thrusting. <laughs> yeah, bro. His, his little presentation was a little odd as well. He does it after this pose here. And then he starts doing the right here. Ready? the gyrating there it is <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i wouldn't you get it you're striated you don't need to hump the air to show us that <laughs> exactly yeah that was a little unnecessary but conditioning is great yeah that's got to look pretty wacky in person he's freaky dude i remember watching him and brett wilkin go at it last year was that last year yeah. yeah, he beat Brett last year. That's oh, yeah, where it was, his, it was this show. It was this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and man, he's he's improved a lot even since then. Dude, the fact that he pulls up and hits like a, an actual deep vacuum like that too at his size. Yeah. This, well, maybe he won't do it again. I guess he can't fast forward these videos on Instagram, but 
Yeah. Samson hit a vacuum too. He did, right? What uh huh? what shot was that? He did the ab and thigh and he hit it and I think Baruz was doing a vacuum, so Samson pulled a vacuum. Samson pulled a legit vacuum, like a Chris Bumstead vacuum. Damn, I wonder if we could find that anywhere. Yeah, I wish that I I should have gathered a little bit more of this stuff because I was watching it. I watched it on Sunday night a little bit, but it was it started at midnight my time. Yeah. So it was super late, and then figure was on first, and I don't know if this happened unless it was actually when it was live live, but the sound just destroyed my ears immediately for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, you had you could hear Tarek, because he's the head judge of that show. You would hear him talking, and then you'd hear the commentators, but then you'd hear double, and then the second one that you hear would be louder. So oh, you were hearing here. both of them twice, but one was louder than the other. It was really strange. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, I started watching Saturday night for us. Sunday, obviously Sunday morning for them. But it was just going to be too late. I'm like, oh, there's so many classes before open. So I just went to bed, avoided social media the next morning, and watched the replays of both prejudging and finals. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> for, for 2.12, I wasn't really... It's not that I wasn't interested in watching it. It's just that I knew that Ashkenani was going to take it. It was pretty easy for him. That was a show that he could yeah. just walk into. So, yeah. And he did. So I wasn't really worried about watching the 212 category. And then I don't really pay attention to Classic. And there wasn't any names that I know in Classic there. So, mm, got you. Yeah, same. Same here. It was a good show, though. Yeah, man. It was a great show. Uh... Do you think that Presty came in? looking better here than the Olympia or do you think he started to come in a little bit more off because I think that he was having trouble with his midsection at this show compared to the Olympia Presty yeah I thought I thought he probably looked a little better at the O from what I remember yeah uh that's what I'm thinking too and then we had like I, I said thought... Mohammed Fuda I believe that was his pro debut regardless of if it was or not that was a very that guy jumped out to me more than almost anybody else in that lineup and I would have had him Ahead of, uh, is it D'Angelo? Horse, MD? Oh, yeah, I don't know the guy's actual name. I think yeah. it's D'Angelo Marcelo, but Marcelo. I would have had, had Fuda ahead of him and Nathan, possibly. Okay. But they only did a two-man call-out with Nathan and Horse. Uh, to, to, they were determining, what, third and fourth there? Mm-hmm, yep. And I still don't see how Horse placed above Nathan. I think that he has... He has whatever body parts he has that are strong points are really, really strong. But whatever mm -hmm. body parts he has that are weak points are really, really weak. And one of his strengths when he got his pro card, when he was starting to get a lot of talk, was his small waist, mm -hmm. which is completely out the window now. His waist looked really bad here. It's And it looks like it's nothing he can do about it. Uh, you talking about Nathan? No, I'm talking about horse. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that was one of the glaring obvious things that I noticed is his waistline wasn't as good. I thought first when I saw him do a guest posing a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. he was just posing his front double differently, and it still looks like he is. But then when he pulls up in a front lat, it's just not pretty to look at. Okay, we'll go. We'll look at him next. Um, can you even see this comparison? That's really it got tiny. so little tiny for me once you clicked on it. I know, me too. That's annoying. Yeah, you can't see anything. Um, here if you want, I could pull up some and I could just send them to you. I sent you that one back double thing. Oh, you did? Okay, let me find that. 
for now. But yeah, Mo uh, looked good. Looked really good. I've not heard of this guy until this this show. Same. Yeah, same here. He was surprising, yeah, for sure. Let me see. There's got to be, like, I mean, the show was just pretty much yesterday. There's not going to be a whole lot of coverage, I, I suppose. True. Quite yet. Man, it sucks. It sucks how um, uh, how many of these guys there probably are out there that we haven't heard of just because it's so hard to get into our country. <laughs> I know. know. That's and why I like to watch all these European shows, though. They're usually really interesting. And honestly, for some reason, the European shows have the best conditioning. I can see that. Yep, 100%. It's just you're not going to really make too much of a name for yourself at these European shows because everybody's paying attention to the U.S. circuit. I mean, a lot of people used to pay attention more to the European circuit, but yeah, I don't know where that kind of went with things. Like, I guess it depends on who's doing the show. You kind of have to have a big-name athlete there. Like, Samson was in this one, so a lot of people probably tuned in here. But when I was watching the live stream, there was 22 people in the live stream. When, that was when it was going though so i guess mm. time zone dependent but right. see, look at that isn't that stupid <laughs> dude ronnie is crazy man yeah dude you, you it makes forget. no sense you forget when you haven't seen him for a while but i don't Damn. know if that height difference is uh accurate or not but yeah it looks like they tried to put it to scale i don't know if it quite is but it is probably because what phil he's what five nine yeah, he's like 5'9-something. Ronnie's 5'11". Dorian Yates is about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, as well, I believe. he was. A, looks, Derek is like 5'6". It looks like they did a decent job bringing it to scale, for sure. Yeah, dude, that's just stupid. <laughs> Dorian Yates is 5'10", so he should be pretty much right as tall as Ronnie there. Okay. Can't tell. Yeah, but, it's yeah, dude. I wish we could see something like another Ronnie Coleman. Because when I honestly, I would think when I'm not seeing it like this, and I see Samson on stage, I'm like, this is the second coming. It's gonna happen. But then I see another thing of Ronnie Coleman actually, and I'm like, I don't think that anyone's touching this. Do you think if Samson were to get in Ronnie Coleman condition that he would compare, or do you think it's still not the same? No, because he's he. For Samson to be in Ronnie Coleman, so what was Samson at the Olympia was right at 300 pounds, yeah? That's what I heard, yeah, that's what Milo said. Completely speculating here, depending on how he looks with his conditioning, I think for Samson to get in Ronnie Coleman conditioning, he would be like 280, 285. Yeah. And he's around the same height as Ronnie. Ronnie was getting on stage at like, what was his heaviest, like 290 plus on stage? Something like that. Let's see. Uh, I want to see if I can find more Romania pictures, but I think it's just going to be like, if we want to pull up these guys, we're going to have to pull them up individually because all these other pictures are just going to shrink everything. Yeah. Okay. Contest weight range from... This is Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. 287 to 300. Yeah. Off-season, 315 to 330. I think that there's a lot of things that Ronnie possesses that Samson does not. 
Yeah. And that's what would stand out with if, with them next to each other on stage. Like, I saw a side chest shot of Ronnie Coleman yesterday, I think it was. And let me see if I can go find that one, because that one's also pretty ridiculous. Mm. Ronnie Coleman's side shots weren't the best because he was so big, it was hard for him to even rotate over. But holy shit, they're still ridiculous looking. Yeah. Oh, I hope I liked it. I really wish I could find more. I can't find any individual like good stage shots of anybody at that show either. But here, I'll send you this one. This is Flex Wheeler, Derek Lunsford, Ronnie Coleman, Hottie Chupin, and Kevin Lerone in this one. Dude, I just realized why <clears throat> those pictures were shrinking for me. Why? Uh, I had my thing zoomed in, and apparently when you zoom in on Instagram, it shrinks the picture. It just zooms in everything else. Oh, so, that's, that makes perfect sense. Right? So here's <laughs> a lineup. Trying to do. Here's a lineup picture that looks way... Okay, better. cool. Good picture, Neil. You think... You think that horse has a thick waistline? This is a very favorable shot for him. Okay. As far as the angling of the camera specifically. Look at that. Watch him do his individual routine. Watch all of his poses. I mean, it's, it's wider for sure. Compared to when he got his pro card, it's, it's almost double the width. I don't even. I don't know if I even saw him get his pro card. To be honest, oh, he's been he's been a highly talked about guy for a long time. Brazil. Everybody thought that he was going to do classic physique okay. when he got his pro card at first, and they're going to say he's going to knock out C bum, whatever, whatever. But okay, this back last spread isn't horrible for him, but he also was very, very much lacking any kind of back development, especially in the back double, and he couldn't seem to open up very good. Yeah, if he's doing his individual routine, I highly doubt he's going to hit front lat and back double. Yeah, because he's not going to show those too off. But yeah. shied away from. Okay, interesting. I think he needs bigger lats too. What? Wow! What the hell it? is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my Whoa. god! Terrifying. Record. Who this shit? <laughs> oh my god! That looks like something out of like Resident Evil. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh my god, that's terrifying, dude. All right, well, let's go back to uh, where was that? Bison tries. There were a bunch of lineup pictures somewhere. Maybe bodybuilders without borders. Let's see what we can find here. No bodybuilders without borders. So they have lineup pictures, but they don't have. Why do they? They're like, yes, classic physique Olympia still. Oh really? Wow. That's what they're still posting yet. Old news. Let's oh. see. I think Sulios usually does a really good job. Not this time though. These guys don't really cover a lot of these shows, do they? Yeah, I guess not the smaller shows, huh? Where was it that we just were though? We were just looking at all this stuff. Yeah, where was that? That was on one of the, I think it was on one of the individual accounts. Oh, there was one on Muhammad's. Let's see. Yeah, here we go, dude. Here we go. Why is it that I can't find any of them on my other pages, though? I could have swore I was looking at these, like, earlier today. Or yesterday. Okay, so here's top six. 
Yeah, see, Baruz has a really good shape next to Samson, just Samson's overwhelmingly larger. Yeah. Nathan looks really good here, and a lot of people said he came in off, but from the live stream at least, that's not something that I could really see. Yeah, he didn't really look off conditioning-wise to me. Um, he looked like his front double to me was a little bit different. Like, he wasn't able to rotate his shoulders and open his lats more, but that could have just yes, been... Yes, I noticed you that, saw too. that, too. Yes, I noticed that, too, for sure. He almost, like... He almost, like, got he his front like double. Instead of, like, all the way open like this. He was, like, forward. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, internally... His, his arm was internally rotated, 100%. Yeah, I totally noticed that too. That dude, was cool. look at Fuda though on the far left. Looks like he's mogging everybody. Yeah, dude, I, I see your point. You could have made a case for him placing higher for sure. They might have been so wrapped up in Samson and um, Baruz that they they didn't necessarily overlook him, but like he should have been compared to Nathan and uh, Horse a lot more. Yeah. <clears throat> look at that side chest on him, dude. Look at his shoulder. Ridiculous. He stands out to me so much in this lineup, even with guys like Samson here. Freaking ridiculous, dude. Yeah, he looks great. I wonder how old he is. I don't know. His back know. development's pretty good, too. Yeah, his back double looks pretty good. I see what you mean about... Uh, I feel stupid calling this guy Horse. What's his actual name? Marcelo D'Angelo, I believe. Marcelo. I can see what you mean about him kind of pinching his back double there. Yeah, he couldn't op he wasn't opening it and I don't know if like he it's a posing thing or if he just doesn't have I don't know. It was really weird though. Yeah, yeah. Man, Samson in this back double looks great though. Look at that. Yeah, that's a lot of detail. Just bubbly just little balls of muscle all over his body right there. That looks great. Do you think this was a how what what percentage better do you think Samson was here versus the Olympia? Probably like He's like two percent better. I don't think it was like that dramatic, like like how the Arnold yeah. was last year for him. But yeah. also, there's less time in between. Yeah, he's still better though. Here, I think he might be a little flatter, maybe, but not not. I yeah. don't. I can't really tell. So I've heard from Milos at least. So I haven't heard this from Samson directly, but I heard from Milos that. Uh, they're doing both Arnold's. I was wondering if he was going to try to reclaim his, like, you know, keep his title for the Arnold. That yeah. would be interesting. I think that I like that better, dude. I miss the days where yeah, you would right. have Mr. Olympia's top Mr. Olympia's competing all year. Yes. 100%. Because even Ronnie Coleman was competing multiple times a year. Phil mm -hmm. Heath did the Arnold a couple times during his reign. Um, even back in the day, it was a lot more often that you would see Mr. Olympias doing other shows. Uh, I think that we need to bring something like that back. It'd be a lot better. Do you think Dorian Yates is the reason people stopped doing that? Because he would disappear all year, you mean? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he kind of, maybe he started the, the trend. Yeah, they became more of like, oh, we want to build hype for the Olympia. We want to take as much time off as we can for the Olympia. But I think it's so much more interesting if you have these guys competing more. That's yeah. why I think that it was cool that they're only qualifying the top three now. Yeah, but I think they should only qualify first place. I I like I really liked uh, Ian Valier's approach to being a professional bodybuilder because he took he took as much time off as he needed to get to that kind of like upper echelon 
mm-hmm. um, and sort of build his physique out the way he did. But then once he was there and he had the bulk of his muscle, like you're not going to put on 15 pounds of stage weight every year at that point, right? So he, no, there's no point in trying. You're going to blow out your your lines, right? So he would just at that point, like later in his career, it seemed like he just would compete, you know, three to five times a year, mm-hmm. take some checks and just, you know, yeah, he was like more of what bodybuilding should kind of follow which is like he was doing it by seasons yeah so he would not have like we we do call it off season and then competition season but usually what competition season means is prep we're going to do a prep Mm -hmm. but ian would do off season grow whatever and then competition season hit this many shows in this time frame yeah which i don't know if you could argue that's healthier or not Mm-hmm. You're taking a little bit less time away from drugs, but also you are peaking and going to a lower body fat and retaining that much of a low body fat mm-hmm. for a more extended period of time. But then also you are holding on to less body weight yes. for an extended period of time. So I guess it's just a lot of trade off on if that's even healthier or not. Yeah, that's an interesting question is which which is more detrimental to your health, being heavy for a year plus or being you know, competition lean for a year plus. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I would still bet that just carrying around the sheer weight is probably worse. It's more strain on your uh, cardiovascular system and everything for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, but yeah, then your organ and uh, cognitive function and everything isn't going to be as good if you are that low in and depleted on purpose for a long period of time too. So it's true. Probably evens out. Probably both just as bad. If you the healthiest yeah. thing technically to do would be what Kevin Lavrone did, and nobody has those genetics. So you're not getting away yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be able to downsize your whole physique every year and then grow it right back. You're not going to be able to. That's a, a a good debate, too, though, because they do say that, like, the the big fluctuations in body weight are part of what's unhealthy. So do you think that Kevin Lavrone going from, I don't know, what did he weigh on stage? Good question. I would probably assume 240, 250. So if he was 240 on stage, let's say, and then he, you know, shriveled up to 180 pound guitar player in the off season, and then just uh, yo-yoed back and forth, <clears throat> do you think that's healthier or less healthy? I don't know. I see. The, oh, there it goes. Contest 240, 250. So I was right because this was saying 269, and I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. Um. I don't know. He's spending a lot of time at a lower, healthier weight. So the fluctuation point might be unhealthy for a period of time, but I think having that time without a lot of that weight on it kind of evens that out too. I can see that. Plus, um, Sean Roden did not necessarily that, but he did take off, off seasons. mm -hmm. So he got fatter, but he didn't like run gear train or eat heavily for a while like he would take actual like break seasons so who knows i guess the real healthiest thing you guys could do is just not bodybuild (laughs) yeah well yeah that's that's ultimately (laughs) the the best answer for sure yeah man that whole like shrivel up into nothing and then rebound into a show like that's that's crazy to think about yeah well how do you feel better do you feel better at a lighter weight or a heavier weight personally um in terms of like just daily 
functionality lighter but not hmm that's tough not like quite stage ready i guess the sweet spot would be like six to eight weeks out yeah like like you got a good 10 pounds you need to lose still but you're still lighter than you are peak off season so yeah Honestly, the only thing I noticed, and this is going for like right now too, I think I feel better at a heavier weight relatively because I usually carry more weight than I have right now. Mm -hmm. So I've been like basically holding my body depleted for a while because I haven't been allowing myself to eat all the way back up to where I was. Mm -hmm. So I feel better there than I do now because I'm just low energy. My body wants to be bigger than it is. But I do notice right now being lighter and smaller than I have been in the past that I have an easier time doing certain things like getting up off the couch or getting out of bed is easier to do right now than it usually is. Yeah. So I don't know. Fun- I do I do feel a lot better heavier, but I haven't pushed past that point yet. I've never gotten to like a crazy high body fat percentage. The heaviest I've ever gotten was like 250 something. Mm. And I was still pretty relatively lean there. That was when I was 21 after I did that one show before I kind of fell completely off track. And I felt really good physically. Mm. So I feel like I just don't like how I feel right now because I used to be above this. Yeah. Is that uh are you, are is your coach keeping your body weight lighter intentionally or what's up what's going on with that? Yeah, we want to keep well, I don't hold body fat very easily in the first place. So I eat a lot of food and I don't gain fat, but he wants to keep my body composition relatively similar to what it is at right now while we try to push up into the 260 range. Mhm. So that way, when I come down for nationals next year, I can hit my weight cap of 232 because he still wants me to do classic, but I'd be like peeled, shredded yeah. completely. I've never lost weight in a prep before, so that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you weigh right now? 241. I'm getting it back. So when I went to Texas, I lost 18 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. So I went all the way down to 228. Holy if shit. I haven't been below 230 in a while. I just didn't eat. Yeah. It was weird. I just I just have this issue with not eating food ever. It's not like <laughs> it's not on purpose. It's totally on accident. But like yeah. I feel like when I'm in different environments and stuff, it's just harder for me to like even I can have the food sitting there in front of me and I could be starving. And yeah. I still just don't eat it. I don't know what it is. It's like this huge mental block that I'm gonna get past. But yeah, I went all the way down to two. I went from two forty six to two twenty eight. Now I'm back to about two forty one. What did what was Terrence's response to your check in when you were eighteen pounds lighter? <laughs> I don't think he's seen it yet because he's been oh. so busy. So I just sent him a text about it. Um, yeah. All I said was, "Let me see," because it's kind of funny the way I said it too. I said, <laughs> "I said, hey man." Uh, sent over check-ins this week. I was in Houston from Saturday to Tuesday. Um, I dropped a ton of weight on accident. So these check-ins are just going to be for data tracking purposes. You're not going to really need to change anything. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Just keep this for like your information, your knowledge, whatever. But I'm, I'm, I need to just eat the food again. So there's nothing for him to worry about or change. Right. You can't change it until you're, you're on it for, for a while. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I just need to be. I prefer to be completely honest with my coaches. I know a lot of people aren't, which scares the shit out of me because I feel like if you lie to your coach about what you're eating one time, then you have to lie forever. Yeah, and that's really weird, dude. Like, I get I get maybe, you know, people feel like they need to put their best foot forward on social media or 
they're lying to I don't know their friend because they want to look cool. But why are you lying to your coach? Like that's literally that defeats the whole purpose of having a coach, in my opinion. You know, they can't really do their job properly. Like it's it's yeah. this. This is how easy it is to like fuck up your whole relationship with your coach. Yeah, you could eat. Let's say let's say you have seven meals in a day. Like you're trying to bulk in the off season. Your coach wants you to put on weight, but you're only eating six of those. Yeah, this whole entire off season where he thinks you're eating seven meals, you're only eating six of them, and you're not telling him otherwise. He goes into a prep and he cuts calories from all seven of those meals, even though you're only eating six of those. Mm-hmm. And then like all of the data is completely skewed. Everything's completely fucked. There's a whole entire meal there, like 700 or more calories that are just not having, they're not being accounted for whatsoever. So then at that point, you have to think, okay, I need to do the math on this now. So if he cuts calories from this meal, I need to figure out how many actual calories I need to cut, whatever, whatever. And then he's not even doing his job and you're just, Stressing mm-hmm. yourself out and doing your own shit. Like, just, just be honest adding, with your coach eating your food or not. Right. You're just adding extra work for yourself unnecessarily. And then for me as a coach, and I'm sure you know this too, we can tell when people aren't doing what, what they're supposed to, especially if they've been working with us for a while. Because for a lot of my clients that I've had for a long time, I can make a change this week on their check-ins, and I can very easily expect what's going to happen after that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, can, I have an expectation for what's going to change because it's been very consistent for the whole period that I've been working with them. I spent my time learning how their body works and how things are interacting. Mm-hmm. So if I make a change this week, I kind of have an idea of how it's going to change next week. If mm-hmm. the complete opposite thing happens, then I know you didn't do what you were supposed to. Yeah, exactly. That's actually a pretty decent topic. We should come up with a couple of tips for people on like how to interact with their coach, like coach, client coach etiquette. Cause I feel like a lot of people are, are clueless about that particular topic so yeah honesty and communication is huge um the other thing dude is like people don't realize what an opportunity they have to completely remove stress from themselves if if you can like put all of your trust in your coach your personal stress level about your progress and your prep goes down immensely because then yeah. at that point, it's like, well, if I'm not in shape, it's my coach's fault. <laughs> not to, not not that you should, you know, blame your coach for everything. But like, if you put the responsibility in their hands and you trust them completely, then you don't have to stress. It's like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's much less for you to think about. This is supposed to be yeah. something that we don't have to think about. We have a lot of other shit going on in our lives. We right. have our own clients we have to take care of. We have our own bodybuilding that we need to do. Go to the gym. Go to some of us have jobs. We need to go to work. Mm-hmm. Why would we also need to worry about how much of what we're going to eat at what time and what we're going to do at the gym that day and everything? It's just a lot easier if somebody else handles that stuff. And yeah. people don't understand, too, because they'll say, oh, you're a coach. You do coaching for a living. How come you need a coach? Because there's a huge mental aspect to that. And taking that stress off of your shoulders is one of those big things. That's why I changed coaches again and went back to Terrence. Because the coach that I had previously, I felt like I was doing everything myself. And it was stressful. And I have all my clients to handle. I can't sit there and make my own meal plans too. It's just too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. It's very liberating to have somebody that just tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. If if you can actually like fully commit to that process, if you're kind of yeah. like on the fence, lying about a couple of things here and there, kind of trying to do your own thing on the side, it's not going to work. But if you fully commit to it and fully put yourself in their hands, then 
literally you have nothing to stress about at all. Yeah. And it takes like any kind of wondering out of your mind. Cause a lot of people, I mean, do you get DMS like this where people are like, well, do you think my bodybuilding potential, what do you think I can do? Whatever. Right. My physique kind of stuff. It's going to take all of that out of your mind. If you're actually following what you're supposed to do, because instead of having to ask others what they think, you can just find out. Mm -hmm. You can't ask people what your potential is. Why don't you just do the work and see what it is? You can never know unless you do it. I can't tell you. Yeah. Like yeah. these kids that message me, you could be Mr. Olympia in 10 years. I have no fucking clue. Why don't you go find out? Yeah, dude. I saw this, speaking of that, I saw this ridiculous before and after of Lunsford. And I'll see if, while I'm talking, I'll see if I can find it. But you would never guess in the before picture that this was going to be Mr. Olympia. Never in a million years. Yeah, the same goes for Nick's transformation, too. That one still blows my mind. That one gives me yeah. a lot of motivation because... He at his first show looks pretty similar to what I looked like at my first show. <laughs> right? And that's 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 just true of everybody, man. Like you can't know until you put in a solid 10 years plus of of hard work exactly. where your genetics lie. Damn, I don't see it. I don't remember where it was posted. I saw it. I'm I know what you're talking about. Let me go see if I have it in my liked video or liked pictures. It was literally like, I think it might have been from his first show or first couple. It's from something, yeah, I know. And he didn't look. Oh God! Well, sorry, my dog is doing circles. <laughs> Hold on a second. Go. Is he, is he Go. chasing his tail? Yeah, he only does it in my office, though. <laughs> only in here. I don't know why, and it's like the loudest thing ever because I don't have some of the furniture that I'm going to get yet. So literally all I have is this random shit hung up on my wall. Yeah. I have a blanket for them to lay on. <laughs> I just got this. Hell yeah. Then I got my trophies on the floor that are broken. That's it. <laughs> you just spin circles in here. Hell yeah, dude. It's the best. I leave the back door open so they can go outside whenever they want to. And I can see them in the window right here, but he still chooses to not go outside and do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I found it. I found it. Yeah. I had it in my DMs. Yeah, it's 2015, so eight years ago. Here we go. Eight years ago? So he was like 21 years old here? Yeah. Crazy, man. That's still really good, though. You could see there that everything just needs to grow. Yeah, he was, he was just a much, much smaller version. Seeing his lats there gives me hope, too. Yeah, right? Because I know that I have really good lat insertions. They just need to be thicker. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to look at. You know what he kind of reminds me of in that first one? Huh. A smaller version of Tyler. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, structurally. Have you seen Tyler in person pose? Yeah. Yes. It's pretty fucking wacky what he looks like. His shape and his lats and oh, his yeah. nose taper and his arm size and everything is pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Shit, does that mean that Tyler in 10 years is going to be Mr. Olympia? <laughs> Maybe. Would you surprised? I don't know. He's such a like, mellow know. person. I feel like he... <laughs> his... I, I think Tyler's going to do really good. I don't... He's 29 or 30, right? I Yeah, I think he's my age. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, dude, he uh, his shape is incredible. I think he's going to do really, really well. For yeah, sure. The way that he trains, too. I've actually, when I went to Texas and trained with him, there's a lot of things that he does that I'm taking back here with me and I'm, I'm working on. So when my chest, I need everybody to know this, when my chest blows the fuck up this next year, thank Tyler for that. Because yeah. just a couple form tweaks that he gave me that helped me activate my chest more, like my front delts are completely over dominant. So anytime I do pressing and stuff, they usually take over. And it's frustrating because I've been trying everything I can to get more activation out of my chest. What yeah. I've been doing wrong is I come back too far. I'm trying to get as much stretch as I can. So Tyler only had me coming back to like right here and mm -hmm. then pushing forward. And I didn't lose the tension in my chest the whole time. And it felt great. It's the mm -hmm. most I've ever felt it. Not only that, but he was helping me more with thinking about tempo. Because usually when I go into the gym, I'm just like, I'm going to lift this shit. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I never am like, okay, one, two, three, pause, one, and then one, two, three, pause. Yeah. So I was doing that with him, and I really liked that too. So this whole entire week, when I get back in the gym, I'm really excited to put a lot more of that into every single body part and see how that feels. Hell yeah, that's that that's that Shire shit right there. Yeah, it, it's for real though. And Tyler, he he does. You know how we were talking about feeder sets and stuff. Mm -hmm. I understand what it is that he does now and it's not too far off of what I do. He's just a lot better at conserving energy. Yeah. He'll put on the weight. He'll do like four reps or whatever. He'll feel it. And then he'll be like, okay, can I get 12 of this? Is it too easy to get 12 with this? Okay, let's move up. And then he'll just steadily move up and then he'll feel it again. He'll do like four. Okay. This is the weight that we're going to do for our working sets. Take a second yeah. and then hit it. Okay. Yeah, and then so he, he, actually, he actually does a feeder set with his working weight before he does the working set. That part, I don't know for sure if he did. I know that when I was with him, I kind of did it that way because I was brand new to some of the stuff we were doing. Like, you know, when yeah. you train with somebody and it's a different style of training, yeah, it's always going to be harder no matter what. Mm -hmm. So like, Tyler, when we train again, we're going to try to do stuff my way just so I can show him a little bit of what I usually do. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime I've ever trained with somebody that has a different way of training, it's a lot harder. So for me, a lot of those movements, I also wasn't used to like incline Smith press. I don't do that one ever because my wrists are kind of weird, mm -hmm. but we did find a good way to make that one comfortable. When he does the pec deck, he puts D handles in it so that he can hit it more like this. And I does like that a lot better too. Yeah, dude. He got that from Shire. Cause I stole that from Shire too. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, nice. It was smart. I mean, the only issue for me is my arms are so long, my forearms would knock on the thing if I wasn't, uh, like, when I try to completely straighten out like this, my forearms would be hitting on the machine. Oh, sure. But if I come in a little bit more like this, it's fine. But okay. he says not to bear hug, because if you bear hug too much, then this will come into play, so. Mm-hmm. I believe that. That's cool, man. So, when you say your style of training, you're you're closer. So if Tyler's a Justin Shire guy, you're closer to like a Fuad or a Samson, right? Where you do like more reps working up. You don't conserve energy as much. So it's more total, more total reps and sets. Is that right? I try to think about it. I feel like, uh, who do I train the most like? I'll describe to you kind of what I do. And then you can see if I fit into any category because I'm not exactly sure. Like for one, okay, I don't pay attention to the specific weight that I'm lifting. I just pay attention to if it's heavy or not. So okay. if four plates is heavy on chest press this day, I'm doing four plates. If I could do four plates in 25 next week, I am. But I'm not paying attention to that. Okay. So I could have done four plates three weeks ago. I could have done five plates five weeks ago. Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. It was heavy on those days. 
So okay. that's something I don't pay attention to. My feeder sets, I usually do like four to six reps. Sometimes I don't think about it and I accidentally do more because I'm just like feeling it. And I'm like, oops, sorry, that was a feeder set, whatever. I get it up to as heavy as I can get it to go. And then I start with my two working sets and I don't count the reps at all. I just push as, as long as I get more than eight reps. Okay. And I'm good. But other than that, I'm not really counting too much. If it feels like I get more than 12 reps, then I need to go heavier. So then I restart. If I do both of my working sets with the same weight and I match the amount of reps, both sets, then I need to restart because it wasn't heavy enough or I took too long of a rest period. Okay. But I just, I just try to go heavy. I just am high intensity as heavy as I can go. Okay. So, and your goal is two working sets per exercise? Yeah. So I'll do my feeders, two complete failure working sets, and then I take off about 30% of the weight and then I do a complete failure back off set. But Okay. Tyler did something where it was, I believe, and I didn't know that this is what a rest pause is, so correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I guess you, on your last set for a rest pause, you want to hit 20 total reps, mm -hmm. but you only want to try to take like one break in between those 20 reps. So you try to get like two mm -hmm. sets of 10 kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. The way that I must have misinterpreted that is I thought he reduced the weight like in a back off set. And then he's like, okay, we're going to get 20 reps no matter how many sets it takes. Oh, okay. That's something that I would want to do. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. I've done a rest pause before more as just hit failure, take your rest pause for whatever the duration is, like 20 seconds, whatever it is, and then just hit failure again. I've never had like a rep count goal. That's... Yeah, the rep count goal I like. I just think I might have been, I might be remembering what we did wrong. I asked him the other day because I was going to try to do it, but. I think what I am going to do is I'm going to pick like 20 reps. So I'm going to reduce the weight slightly and I'm just going to do as many sets as I can to get to that. Yeah. 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 Like if I get eight sets in my eight reps in my first set and then I get like six in the second one. Mm -hmm. That makes, that makes me have to get six again. I might get three and three at that point. Cause I'm so fatigued, but I'm still going to do what I need to do to get to that 20. Yeah. That's how I train my abs and my calves. I don't know why I get bored doing like, okay, three sets of 20. So instead of that, I'll just pick a number like 60 reps. I'm going to do 60 reps on this ab machine or on this, this calf raise. And I'm going to do it in as few sets as possible. If I can clear 30 on the first try, then it's too light. Then I'll go up. Yeah. Um, that way it, it ends up being like, and I only rest for, you know, 20, 30 seconds in between attempts. So it ends up being like, you know, 25 reps in a row, short break, then I might get 15, short break, then I might get 10, you know. Um, and then once I get my rep count, I'm done. But I've hit failure, you know, multiple times in doing that. I, I like training like that on certain body parts, for sure. That's good for abs and calves. Those are definitely boring muscle groups to train. It's why they get skipped often. It's why I don't do abs, honestly. They're just not fun for me. It's not challenging for me. Yeah. I try to do like weighted ab exercises, but like abs are, I don't know. If, I mean, they're strong. They're easy to move a lot of weight with. Truthfully, they are. Yeah. So like I can go as heavy as it allows me to go and I can do my, my tempo reps and everything. It's just so goddamn boring to sit there. Yes. Three sets of 15 with this weight, doing these crunches at this tempo. Yes. It's for some reason, it's not as fun as any other body part that you do that with. 
I agree. It's a very unsatisfying movement. I mean, same with a calf raise, right? Like, what are you doing? You're you're literally just lifting your heels. <laughs> like, yeah, for some reason, and I don't know if this is just because of the mind-muscle connection I get out of all of my legs, but when I do calf yeah. raises, it burns so much after one or two reps that it is yeah. fun because it's painful. Okay. Yeah, okay. my calves hurt so bad after almost nothing. I could see that. Dude, you know what muscle group? So, the <laughs> Do you ever experience this phenomenon where you improve your mind muscle connection with a specific muscle group so much that your performance just tanks because you're getting way more out of it? Yeah. What? Because of Tyler. Oh, your chest. Yeah. 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 Tyler. yeah. It made that big of a difference where I got weak. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. And I noticed too, usually when I fatigue, yeah, And I'm doing muscle, like if I'm doing shoulder press or chest press and I fatigue, I'm still able to crank out some reps because mm-hmm. maybe this is helping or this is helping a little bit. But when I do it Tyler's way, I'll be hitting my reps. I'll get tired. I'll get down here. I'll try to push again. It doesn't move at yeah. all. I can't do anything. I push really hard and then I just start to shake and then it just wraps itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it tells you definitively you've hit failure. <laughs> Yeah, that's what my legs have been like that forever. So I've always noticed that I've had that with a muscle group. Mm -hmm. And that's why my legs get so strong because it is more of like a true tempoed strength. It's not like a grind through the movement strength. It's like I'm actually thinking about my quads while I'm doing this strength. Yeah. Which when you can tap into that and grow strength into it, it is is a lot. It's harder to be strong like right away. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you do it for a long enough period of time, it's easier to be strong. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. You're actually knowing what muscles you're using to move it with. Exactly. Man, for me, lately, or lately as in like within the last six months, uh, hamstrings, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, my hamstrings have always been that way. And it's, it's oh. a, they're fun to train, but they hurt really bad to train. Yeah, when you do it right. I was, I was always like a stack or at least mostly stack the lying leg curl plate loaded ones i could throw at least a couple 45s on there maybe more three Mm -hmm. uh but even just i realized even just the slightest little hip movement makes a massive difference in strength on a on a leg curl that's why i like seated leg curls better because it takes away the ability to use your hips yes advantage yes 100 percent and I've noticed, man, like even on the seated, I've I've changed my tempo and my you know on a seated leg curl where you can kind of arch out of the seat and now you push down like this a little bit. Yeah, and it helps. It makes it stronger. Uh if you like I'm trying to basically crunch my core, contract my abs, and push my lower back against the seat so I'm not arching up. Yep. Way harder. Holy shit, dude. I'm yeah, not like... with with hamstring curls and with leg extension specifically, I've had to get really clever mm-hmm. with doing them because I have gotten to that point of strength where it's mm-hmm. like this machine's maxed. Exactly. And I'm doing tempos. So now what I do with the hamstring curl, at least the seated one at my gym, mm-hmm. is it has the front pad where like you have your legs and knees underneath. Yeah. I push back on that as hard as I can. Yeah. So I keep everything sit back in the seat same pushing back on that and then the only thing that's moving is my knees 
Yes, same, dude. And it feels really good. I have to do it that way now because I do max that one. Mm-hmm. But then after I burnt out on something like that, I can go do the lying hamstring curl and it'd be pretty heavy. But yeah. for some reason with leg extensions, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how slow I go, how heavy I go. I just do whatever the rep range is. It's really easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if... I mean, I don't know if leg extensions really go that heavy, though, to be fair. Like, the stack is not a very heavy stack. True. Yeah, that's true. There's a I mean, plate-loaded one I'm going to try out this leg day, though, and see how that one goes. But the plate-loaded one at the other gym I go to, I can max that one out, too. Have you ever tried leg extensions for, like, stupid high reps? Like, 30-plus? Dude, so... I told you about Ricky, right? Ricky Moten? Yeah. So when I went to Texas and I trained with him a while ago, we did leg day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I want to be able to do legs again every leg day. It was fucking absurd. Even just the warm up. You get on the leg extension and you'll set it at like 95 pounds, something light. Okay. And then you do complete failure no matter what. Complete failure. You get wow. fuck, if you get 80 reps, you get 80 reps. Wow. Then you take wow. the pin. And you go down more in weight, and you do it again. You do that all the way to the bottom of the stack, and then all the way back down to 95 pounds. That's one set. Oof. Failure all the way through all of them. Holy that's shit. That's the first exercise we did. Damn, dude. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I want to get back there and train with him again sometime because I feel like his way of training is my favorite. But sometimes you need to be put back into that environment in order to, like, ignite that again and then like you can go home and take it because yeah. i can remember that training session but that doesn't mean that i can live in it again and then apply it here i need to go yeah. experience it again so that i can apply it here yeah yeah let me ask you this have you noticed that so right now you're not as heavy as you've been do you notice that you recover better now being lighter than when you're heavier no, for some reason, no. I feel like it's actually, I, I notice a little bit more issues. Like, I don't know why this is, but like more tweaks, more shoulder issues, more knee pain, being lighter. Okay. Like for right now, there's this weird thing going on with me. I don't know what it is, but it's like a sharper pain somewhere on this side. I don't know where. I can't pinpoint exactly where on my back it's happening. Mm-hmm. More like lower lat area, maybe trap kind of. I don't know, but it's been bothering me like crazy and I've never had any issues like this when I was heavier. Interesting. Interesting. Like when I sleep, it's different. Like, like the sleeping's more uncomfortable when I'm heavier. It's more comfortable. I don't know why it's complete no. backwards shit. Yeah. Well, you're probably, that's probably a good sign. That probably means that your body wants to be, like you said, you, your body wants to be bigger and it wants to be heavier, mm-hmm. which is a great thing to have as a bodybuilder. For sure. Yeah, Terrence said with with the sleeping stuff and like all the shoulder and stuff issues that I have, it's because I am wide in the shoulders. Mm. So I feel like in order for me to even be more comfortable, I do need to fill out more because of how wide at the shoulders I am. Um, Otherwise, it's just like when I sleep, it'll just scrunch in like this in order to sleep on my side. mm -hmm. If I'm a little bit more filled out, I probably wouldn't have to do that. And I could just set a pillow down here and make it more comfortable if I'm on my side. But I definitely am more uncomfortable being lighter because it's just weird shit, weird tweaks. Makes sense. Dude, I am honestly pretty miserable <laughs> this body you... weight. Holy shit, dude. What are you at? Mean... Huh? What are you weighing? I just broke 280, bro. Go oh, God. And, <laughs> and I still have striations in my glutes, which is fucking weird. Um, 
I don't want to meet you in person until I get my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) But like, man. So first of all, I don't know if you experienced this because you have naturally elevated uh, IGF levels all the time. But my hands hurt constantly. Yeah, I get growing pains in my hands and my feet. I have my whole life. That's what it's like, right? It's like achy, like swollen. Yeah. Yeah. Excruciating. Um, Is that from using growth? Is that from like retention? I think it's just from growth. I mean, my hands visually aren't really swollen or like they're holding water or like edema or anything like that. It's just like like pins and needles and like constant just like growing pains. Like you said, for me, it's like a wave of ache Mm -hmm. and it just goes throughout the whole thing. And it's like sharp at the joints. Yes. hundred percent. And I'll be like, uh, using a fork to like stir up oatmeal or something. And my fingers are like cracking (laughs) just from like holding the fork so tight. Uh, I try so hard not to pop my knuckles and stuff too much because I know that that can make it worse. And, And I know that I've noticed the the more issues I have with it, the harder it is. I'm going to have arthritis for sure. I can't even sit down and write stuff without my hand hurting. Same, dude. Same. Yeah. Shit. This tattoo is warped from, from my tattoo, or from my hand growing. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's this one. Good. But, like, this right here used to be, like, like that that's, much smaller. That's a cool tattoo, though, bro. I like that. It's a Celtic wolf. That's sick. Um... But yeah, I mean, training's great. My training performance is great, but I do notice my recovery is like, like training is a lot harder just in terms of obviously I'm stronger, so I'm lifting more weight and my intensity is higher. So that's part of it for sure. But man, like after a leg day, I feel like I need a, I need to sleep for two days just to be okay. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. See, for me, it's. I miss, like, when I'm on track of eating food, I'm growing and everything, I'm bigger and fuller. I just feel, yeah. I feel more cushioned. I feel rounder. I feel just, I just feel all around, like, better. I feel inflated. Yeah. When I feel like how I am right now, I feel hollow and in pain. And it's <laughs> it's so backwards because I feel like everyone's like, oh, the heavier you get, the more in pain you are. But, like, I definitely yeah. just noticed it on the come down. I can't figure out how to describe it or put it into words. Mm-hmm. But it's just so much different. It, I just miss that, like, the big round full look like I almost felt like I was walking around with a pump all the time. Yeah. That's where I'm at for sure. And don't get me wrong. It's great. Especially in the gym. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like trying to sleep or even sit comfortably is a different story. (laughs) I can sit and I can lay down comfortably. Mm -hmm. I just can't get up easily. And I think that my girlfriend thought that I was fucking around when I said that, where I was like, it's hard for me to get off the couch. Yeah. Then I'll be like, we'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll be like, can you get up real quick so that I can get up? And she's like, how come you can't just get up? And I'm like, it's it don't work like that for me. I can't do that. Like, I need to <laughs> go over to the side right here so then I can push myself off the couch. Yeah. I can't just sit up like you because she's yeah. like 110, 115 pounds. She just does whatever the hell she wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sits in the weirdest positions, like however she wants. I can't, I can't move like that. I can't even get out of my bed without like... I have to roll over to the side and then kick my leg off and then I can sit up. Yeah. So (laughs) my girlfriend can comfortably like not, not even just comfortably rest in this position, but sleep in this position where she is on her back in bed with both her knees bent 
and one one leg crossed over the other. Do you know what I mean? So like one knee is pointed straight at the ceiling and then her other leg is crossed over the other. In so like she has a, her leg, her, her leg is up? Yeah. So That's it's like, weird. you know, like a pigeon stretch? You know what a pigeon stretch is? Yeah. It's like that position. But she can sleep like that. And I'm like, if I were in that position, it would be so, there'd be so much tension in my performance and my glute. Like it would be so uncomfortable after like five seconds. It'd be extremely I don't know if I can have my knee up like that, but I do sleep a weird way. Like I'll have my right leg will be bent out to the side and then my left leg will be straight. Mm-hmm. And I've slept like this forever because my dog sleeps right in between my legs. Okay. Yeah. And he's a big <laughs> dog. He's 115 pounds. So it's like, yeah, I'm basically almost crisscross applesauce, but like my legs aren't crossing over and then he's just right there. So I'm used to sleeping with my hips open. And you're on your back. Yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> that's hilarious. So if I'm ever like sleeping, like if I flip to my side, I just put my leg over. Okay, and then I'm sleeping on my side, and then he's still just back there behind my legs. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah, my dog also likes to sleep in really unfortunate positions that you you have to kind of like shift around her like that too. But how old is she? How old? Yeah. Uh. She'll be three in February. Did you get her as a puppy? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've had Coda since he was eight weeks old. He turns six next month. So for like pretty much six years of my life, too, he's been sleeping like that. So it's just comfortable for me. He's always slept. Ever since he was a little tiny puppy, he slept with me like that. So That's so cute. Yeah, he either sleeps there or he'll come lay on my pillows and he'll put his head right here. Oh, (laughs) that's horrible. He's super cuddly. It's just, it's funny because he's like, I don't think he knows how big of a dog he is. And then I'm used to it because I'm not a small person either. So it's like, whatever, just, I don't care if you sleep directly on my chest, I can handle it. Yeah. (laughs) But then if people come over and he doesn't realize, oh, I can't sit on this person the same way that I sit on you because (laughs) it's not the same. Like I've driven my car with him sleeping in my lap before. Yeah. And he was like, he wasn't fully grown. He's about two and a half years old, I think. He was about probably 80 pounds. Mm. He was curled up in my lap right here while I was driving. Yeah. It was like, yeah. that's not me. When I first got Potato, she uh, she was scared. She was a little bit scared in the car. And she was really small. She's a Frenchie. So when she was a puppy, she was tiny. And she used to do the same thing, curl up in my lap while I, while I drove. And I just let her do it for the longest time because I'm like, she's tiny. Like, I can still drive safely. It's probably not the best idea in the world, but whatever. But then, like, eventually she she grew to the point where I'm like, all right, this is no longer safe. <laughs> you need it's to. funny because they don't know. Yeah. They're just like, I've been doing this my whole life. Why can't I keep doing it? <laughs> right. Exactly. They're like, they don't realize that they've gotten bigger. Just yesterday, I was sitting in this same chair. And, like, I I barely fit in this chair by myself. So, like, there's no room for her in this chair. But mm-hmm. she still just, like, finds a way. She, like, crawled up on this arm of the chair and was, like, sleeping in this tiny little area. <laughs> um, At least she's small enough to do that, dude. You should see some of the stuff my dog thinks that he's small enough to do. It's hilarious. Oh, man. I bet. <laughs> yeah, he's he's funny. He's he's a good dog. It's just, oh, my God, he's got too much anxiety, too. And he's just a lot bigger yeah. than he thinks he is. So he gets <laughs> – does your dog get zoomies at all? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, imagine a 115-pound dog getting zoomies, dude. Oh, my God. He throws my couch at the wall on accident because he'll go jump on it and then jump off of it to keep running. And yeah. the whole entire couch just goes, whoo, like slams into the wall. It's crazy. Dear God, that's hilarious. Yeah, oh, he doesn't man. even know he's doing it. I'm like, dude, you can't be doing this. You're too damn big. Or like when he gets excited, he'll do like the paw thing where he's like yeah. jumping up and stuff. Yeah. But he doesn't realize he's like slamming on the ground. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you just scare the shit out of people because they yeah. don't know. That's so funny, dude. Is this Gromit? Is that who this is? No, it's Coda. He's the one that I've had for six years. Gromit, I adopted him. Actually, I think it's been a year now because it's November. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize it had only been a year. Yeah, I got him right before kind of Thanksgiving-ish last year because, okay. like, you know, I don't do the holidays and everything. So what I did that year is I rented a cabin and I just took both of them out to the cabin and did my own thing by myself. And I just kind of disconnected. That's cool. And it was really nice. That's the first thing that I got to do with him. And I remember getting him right before that trip because that trip was partially for him too. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I've got this dog. I rescued him. He's unfortunately in pretty like rough shape as far as like he wasn't taken care of well by the previous owners. And he was just in this animal shelter. Yeah. I want to do something nice for him. I'm just going to go get this cabin and I'm going to take them out and let them do whatever they want in this big open area. So that's mm -hmm. what we went and did. So he's... He's a super chill, mellow dog, but he has been playing like more and running around a little bit outside. And that's weird to see because he's like 135 pounds. Oh, wow. Holy yes, shit. He's, is he really? Yeah, he's, dude, my hands are big. His paw takes up like this much of my hand. He's got big, big paws, too. He's just a big ass dog. That's more than I weighed when I started lifting weights. <laughs> really? I weighed around that. Yeah, I was just under that. I was like 130. When I first it wasn't when I started like lifting, lifting weights, but it was in high school. Yeah. I was like 135, 140 pounds at six foot three still. Wow, dude. Yeah. And then I lost an inch of height in my car accident. So then I was like 140 pounds at six two, which is better. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, dude. It took me a while to put on weight. Now I am technically 100 pounds heavier than I used to be, which is weird. You lost a whole inch of height? Yeah, my L4, L5 are compressed. Okay. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I feel like height, though, like, who knows if it was an actual, like, inch or not. I noticed when I go, yeah. what, like, get heighted at different places, it's always different. Like, the doctor's yeah. office, I'm always taller than I am anywhere else. The shows, yeah. I'm always shorter than I am anywhere else. Yeah. Well, isn't it, uh, doesn't it have to do with at a show... What is it? If you're like deplete, depleted and dehydrated and stuff, you're, pads and stuff, you're shorter, right? Just naturally. I think that that could be it. But the first show that I did this year, did I? Because I didn't really diet. That first show, I definitely didn't diet for, so I wouldn't say I was depleted or dry or anything. Okay. And I still barely made the the height cut off, but I also did not make the weight cap, and they just let me go on anyways. Oh, okay. I was 237 at weigh-ins, so I was seven pounds heavier than I was supposed to be for my height cap. But I barely, like, was 6'2 on the dot, so they're like, eh, whatever, we'll just let it go. Damn. Yeah, but then the second show that I did, I was just under 6'2, so then that would have made a difference with that, too, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude, that's so stressful. Do you feel like, okay, so as a as a classic guy, do you feel like they should just height you in and make that your height for the duration of your career they're gonna now oh they are 
Yeah, they're going to implement that. I've been saying that for a long time that they should. I talked to Terrence about that, and they're finally going to do it. No shit. Yeah, so I made a joke. I was like, you just got to come in really out of shape for one show so you can get, like, an extra inch of height. Because <laughs> then you just, you'll have, like, all of your, your foot pads and everything will be nice and full. You get, like, an extra inch of height. Right. And then you can start dieting down, and you'll be an inch less. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So did that start next year? I don't know when they're implementing that rule. I believe so because okay. well, they did the they did the hype classes like they did the weight cap stuff right away. But I think this right. is a little bit different. So maybe it will be like when people renew their pro cards for next year. Yeah, like whenever the next time they go and get their height redone. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it no, I weird. That should totally be a thing. And then it just says on your card, NBC or or IFBB card, what your height is. And then that's just your height. That yeah, it'd be better that way. I think that there's a lot of issues just with even hiding people in different places. Like they're yeah. not going to all be the same scale they're using. Like there's going to be just different factors. It's yeah. not always consistent. I've noticed for myself, it's not always consistent. I don't even know. Do they height open bodybuilders at all? No. Yeah. See, I it's just not consistent. It's never been. I've always gotten a different number every single mm-hmm. time, no matter what. So it needs to be. There needs to be something different with it because. You're going to screw over a guy telling him he's 6'2". Mm-hmm. He's going to put on this weight. He's going to try to be 240 in the pro league. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to tell him, oh, you're actually six one and a half. You are 10 pounds above your stage weight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, shoot, what was I going to say? I just completely lost my train of thought. Um, but, yeah, it, it it doesn't make sense. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It adds a whole other weird dimension to competing, too, when you're trying to, like – like what uh Neil Curry had to do rest in peace he uh he Ben and and somebody else were literally holding his head and his ankles to try to stretch him out right before right before weigh-ins you know i was told to hang off of a rafter for a while with like a weight between my feet mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm yeah. not fucking doing that yeah dude that's just is such a hassle like fuck it it would be so much better if you didn't have to worry about that Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that the the bump in the weight caps is going to help a lot of people though. It's not having to worry about their height. It's just the tall guys like me. Like I'd still worry about it because yeah. I know that when I'm on track, my body will grow very very quickly, mm-hmm. and then I I don't want to accidentally go out of the weight cap. And now for me, I only have two extra pounds. Everybody else that's shorter than me, they got like seven, eight, nine extra pounds of their weight cap. I only got two, right. which isn't going to help me that much, right? Yeah, so I got to come to the Nationals weighing 232 at the very least if I get heighted correctly. And I was struggling to do 230 at my last show. I could have been leaner, but I also needed more size. And it was like recomp size. So Mm. I don't know exactly what that'll look like. So you say you could have been leaner. If you were like as as peeled as you think you could be, what do you think you would have weighed? Just curious. I don't know. It's hard for me to know. Like I didn't diet necessarily, so I want to say a lot lighter. But then when I think about what my stage pictures actually looked like, there wasn't a whole lot to go. Right. Right. So it's mostly just low back and glutes that I could have got more detail out of and everything else is pretty there. So I think like maybe five pounds lighter, so maybe 225. But I don't know what that would, I don't even know if there's five pounds to lose there. I could pull them up if you wanted. Hell yeah, that'd be fun to see. Let me go see. So, and your weight cap is 232? It is now for amateur, yeah. Okay. 
that's what I wonder though. Like I didn't diet and I was hardly on track for that show and I barely made weight and I was still pretty lean. So like, what does consistency do? It's not going to make me smaller. True. Yeah. That's a good point, man. You know what I love and hate about NPC news online mm. is I like how I can go here and I can see all my competition history and stuff, but I don't like how other people can go here and they can see some of my competition history. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some of stuff is embarrassing. I know what you mean, bro. Let me see. I don't talk about my first show from 2016. My first show is uh, very embarrassing. It's hilarious, actually. Maybe I'll pull that one. <laughs> actually, we should do that. We should both pull up our first our first shows. Yeah. Here, let me see how to how do you do the screen share? Just click it. Yeah, you hit share at the bottom and then and just share the page I want to. Yeah, and share the tab. So is it showing? Yep. See, so here I feel like it's mostly lower back. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not even flexing my glutes here, but my hamstrings are pretty peeled in. I think that there could be another five pounds lost here. Yeah. But then, like I said, I was like barely trying and I had that weight. Oh shit. It went away. Let me see. Is it still showing for you? No, it went away. Oh, I was going to go switch it over to this one because I was more conditioned from the front here. But there's, oh, still, yeah. there's still a lot that could have been lost. Yeah, man. I don't, it doesn't look like your conditioning is way off or anything. So you're probably right. Like five another five to 10 or something like that. But saying it's five, that would mean you have what? Seven pounds. Basically. Yeah, that would give me seven pounds of allowance. Yeah. Um, what I think about, okay, I'll go pull up the funny ones. <laughs> <laughs> but what I think about is how I looked in 2021. Yeah. And that was also barely making weight two thirty. And I wasn't leaner, but I was bigger okay. by like a pretty reasonable amount. Like I had a lot more muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right, let's see. Men's Classic Physique 2018. Hell yeah. That was your oh, first fuck. We got to do this? Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you ready? I'm so ready. This is good for people to see where it all started. <laughs> Dude, that's a crazy transformation, man. Wow. That's, that's a solid 170 probably pounds of nothing right there. You were 170 there? So that's... I believe so. Like a 60-pound difference, and you're considerably leaner. That's crazy. Yeah. That's what crazy. other poses did I attempt to do here? You, you can still pull a nasty vacuum. That's all I could do. And I thought that that was like, okay, I can bodybuild. I can pull a vacuum. Like, what is this lat spread <laughs> I'm doing here? And why am I doing it on a ground pose? <laughs> Dude, this routine, I remember it too. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I was just hitting random poses and like, I didn't know how long I was going to be up there. I didn't know what to expect with anything. So I was just up there. And I just started posing. Yeah. I think I've got like a. What was your music? What was your posing music? Uh, it was a Travis Scott song, I think. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
<laughs> I don't remember which one though. I don't know if it was actually Goosebumps. I think I did Goosebumps. Okay. See, there's this pose. Uh, it's just so weird looking. I I I did the dude. I did that exact same pose at my first show. I think I like this pose. I still hit this pose. I actually hit yeah. this pose well now though. Like this is this is <laughs> right. And you can see here, still no triceps, all bicep. My legs aren't horrible. This is before I was actually able to start really bodybuilding. So this is just me getting up on stage, like, just to yeah. get up on stage. Yeah, right. I wanted to see, like, a back post, see how much that's come up. How old were you here? 19. Yeah, dude, the funny thing is, like, we we poke fun because we're on a different level now. But this is a pretty crazy physique for a 19-year-old, dude. <laughs> like, for for the average 19-year-old, like, that's still a pretty wild physique to have. Just, I went to the gym one or two times per week when I could afford to go, but I didn't really go to the gym that often. See, that's pretty that's pretty ridiculous when you think about it. I actually it. have hamstrings a little bit. Yeah, dude. Like, you got some muscle on you, for sure. It's so weird to look at. Like, if you saw that night, if you saw that this 19-year-old kid in the gym getting after it, you'd be like, okay, this guy's, you know, he's got something. Maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be harder on it because it's actually me. But <laughs> of course, yeah, no, of course. <clears throat> cool. Your That's, turn. That is really cool to see the difference, though, man. Sixty pounds. That's just crazy, dude. I can't. Uh, that was on NPC News Online. Yeah. Do you want me to look you up for you? Oh, I just found it. Search competitor. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Have you never gone gone to NPC News Online before? I have, but I've never like I've had people send it to me. I've never actually searched for myself. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, okay, here we go. Nice. All right, so first we'll start with a good shot for comparison. Okay. <laughs> you got a good shot for comparison. Is it going to be USA's or Emerald Cup? Uh, let's see. Let's throw up a side chest from USA's. What do you think your best pose is? Good question. Um, I would say probably most muscular. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite pose on check-ins is my worst pose on stage, and my least favorite pose in check-ins is my best pose on stage. What's that? Isn't that weird? I feel like I like my side chest better in check-ins, and I don't like it on stage. And then my back double, I hate it every time I take it, but I like it on stage. For some reason, it looked better on stage. Okay. That's funny. Here. We'll, Such we'll a do difficult that. one for me to do. Um, okay. Wait, how do I? Okay, this will work. All right, here's the good shot. I'm excited to get back on stage, dude. I'm excited to just be a bodybuilder again. I keep saying that, but... <laughs> I know, right? That's super shredded. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. 
Yeah, I was. I was Neil peeled. Neil peeled. Neil peeled. Neil. <laughs> and then, oh God, let's see. Here we go. Twenty sixteen. The Tangy Johnson Classic. Where's that at? Jesus Christ, dude! It's in Tacoma. Oh, really? <laughs> here's a most muscular. I don't even remember hitting this shot, but here's a most muscular for comparison. <laughs> This is hilarious, dude. Oh, my God. I would never hit a most muscular on stage except for when I did open. I hate my most muscular. Really? I don't have the arms to carry it. Which one did you hit? I did hand on hip. One hand on hip, I think. That's not bad at all. Bro. You're (laughs) super bottom heavy. Yeah. I used to be bottom heavy. Now I'm top heavy. What the fuck happens? (laughs) I used to be bottom heavy. Now I'm nothing. I don't know what happened to me either. I my legs. When I did my first real prep, which was the Arnold Amateur in 2020, my yeah. legs were very overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad at all. That's pretty damn good. How old were you? Uh, twenty. Wait, 2016. I would have been seven years ago. I think I was 21. Oh, okay. That's pretty good for 21. Thanks, dude. <laughs> There's a lot of size in the legs. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of like powerlifting at the time, or I kind of just started powerlifting at the time. So I was doing lots of really, really heavy squats, deadlifts, that kind of thing. So that kind of explains that. Mm-hmm. Damn, I need to make you... a I need to make a side by side post out of those two pictures. That'd be hilarious. Have you ever had gyno? Yeah, dude. I. Uh... I actually want to get surgery before I get on stage next. Oh, you you still have it? I have like pre-existing. It's weird. It's like it's kind of like James Hollingshead, what he had, where it's can't really see it. It's puffy. You can see it in certain pictures on stage. You can see it a little bit at USA's. You couldn't really see it at Emerald Cup. Um, but it's just annoying, and it's like as I'm getting at the leaner I get, the more noticeable it is obviously because there's no body fat or anything around the the nips um and it's just stressful when you're coming into a show and you can kind of see it in your check-ins and you're like fuck is this gonna affect you know judging so i think i'll just get surgery before before i get on stage next yeah the weirdest thing for me is i feel like i mean i had it since i was like 13 oh really i think i had it for so long that i was so in denial for it that i didn't notice too bad when I had it, but as soon as I got the surgery and I saw what I looked like, like looking back at pictures, I'm like, holy shit, that was pretty bad. You, you've already gotten the surgery? Yeah, it's actually interesting. So I went and I got a like regular consultation, like as if it was going to be a gyno surgery. Yeah. And then because of the acromegaly stuff, um, it ended up being an emergency surgery that I needed because it wasn't fully a gland. There was a tumor attached to the gland on one oh, of the sides. No shit. So they had to cut it out. No shit. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, how when you, you go into consult for a gyno surgery and it's usually like, okay, two months, three months, whatever, before you actually get it. Yeah. I went in, I did the consult. They did a couple tests and everything. And I went on my way and less than a week later, they called me and they said, we need to get you in surgery next week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They did. They had to do a biopsy on the the tumor that was there to make sure there was no cancer issues. Cause I've had a couple um, cancer scares, I guess, where they've never actually led anywhere. So I'm not worried about them. I don't think that I'll get it, but mm-hmm. just cause of the, the 
acromegaly, I guess that was a risk that they were not wanting to take. So they just wanted to remove it. So I kind of got lucky because insurance paid for the whole thing. Yeah. I got it pretty quick (laughs) and it looks good. The guy did a good job. He was not a um, cosmetic surgeon, but whatsoever, but he did a really good job. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, But it's, it's best to get it done by a, uh, plastic surgeon because they care more about what it looks like is what I've heard. Yeah, they're, they're, they're more about the cosmetic part, whereas with my surgery, I was worried about it because they just want to get it out. Yeah, yeah. So the whole healing process I was scared of too because the right side, this is where the tumor was. Mm-hmm. So they weigh it when when it comes out. The left side was like five grams weight, maybe less. This side was like 22 grams because wow. there's a tumor attached to it. Right. So this scar was huge and it was super like prominent for a long time. And I was like, this is never going to go away. Like it's going to look bad forever. And there was a little bit of a divot in my chest from where they had to take it out to, but it's all filled back up and there's no scar anymore. I can't even see. So thankfully it all worked out. Nice dude. Yeah. I know that they'll sometimes do like uh, lipo around the area to prevent the divot and stuff like that when you mm-hmm. go to a plastic surgeon so sometimes they just leave a piece of the gland in too okay gotcha because it, it will create a little bit of an indentation otherwise if they leave part of the gland that obviously comes with the risk of it potentially coming back right like it could come yeah. back okay. i believe it can come back for anybody i don't remember if that's exactly true or not but it has mm-hmm. there's people that have gotten the surgery that have had to get it again yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah i mean the the pre-existing gyno that I do have is from younger days where I was just a lot stupider and more negligent about things like my estrogen levels and you know so I don't think I don't think it ever would come back because I have such a good handle on my hormones now um yeah but we that, don't care about consequences when we're young we're just trying to like yeah no, consequences do not matter when you're young well dude and I when I first started bodybuilding, it was in the era of like Boston Lloyd, Rich Piana, everyone on social media being like, well, if you want to be a pro, you got to take three grams of test. Not that I did that, but like that was the that was the, the narrative at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's only been more recently that pros have come out and been like, no, like actually we're on like 600 milligrams. Like you don't need to <laughs> you don't need to do anything crazy. There's yeah. still so many people, though, that'll argue about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you really think that the difference between you and a guy on the Olympia stage yeah. is a certain amount of milligrams? Yeah, no. There's so many other things that's that's setting you apart from them. So to point out they're lying about their doses, they're taking more. Yeah. Just to justify your own shitty physique or like shitty work ethic or whatever it is that you're lacking is just so dumb. So stupid. It really is, man. Yeah, oh, I would argue that pros. Oh, there, here's a thing to talk about real quick. I know that we're kind of running over on time, but this is something that I saw, and I don't know if you saw it either. Yeah. Do you know who um, Ahmad or Arm? What is it, Arman Adabi? Do you know who that is? That sounds familiar. Yeah, so he's a pro bodybuilder. I believe he's retired now. He just coaches people, makes TikTok videos and stuff. Like he's goes live on TikTok often, is what I see him. Okay. He has this like thing against Nick. Always, he has something negative to say about Nick Walker. Of course. So, one of these clips that he posted, I commented on it. Um, he posted a clip from a podcast that Nick was on, and Nick said that all he ran in the off season for the Olympia was low dose test. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's and then the caption, uh Amar, Arman Ashkenan. What the hell is his name? I keep thinking Ahmad Ashkenani, but it's not. It's Arman Adavi. Adavi. Okay. Arman in his caption was like See, this is what's wrong with the sport. We have people lying, saying that they're only taking low-dose tests to get to the Olympia. You don't look like this on low-dose tests, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking stupid? He said off-season. Yeah. He's not trying to gain size. He doesn't need to run an off-season stack. It right. makes perfect sense to me that he would run something like either TRT or maybe a little over TRT in the off-season. He doesn't need more than that. He's not yeah. saying his contest prep stack is like low-test. Yeah. Well, he's also not saying that he got to 300 pounds running TRT. He's saying he's doing that yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. He's there already. What does yeah. he need to – why would he need to run an off-season stack and try to gain size? He's only trying to put a little bit of size into his quads and nothing else. He doesn't need a crazy amount of gear for that. Yeah. That's all training and diet specific. I think people have this weird misconception that – Pro bodybuilders, if they drop to a TRT dose, would just like shrivel into nothing. And it's yeah, no, like, they've already they've already accrued the muscle mass. The more that you have, and the this is why it's like people argue this: the top pro bodybuilders are generally taking less gear mm -hmm. than the top amateur bodybuilders are, mm -hmm. because they don't need it as much anymore. They don't need to grow as much. They will run higher doses for the most part when they are on cycle because they have more size to retain in a deficit or whatever, but, yeah. or like they're, they just need more size, more testosterone in general to retain that amount of mass, but they're not running these crazy off season stacks. Most of them probably don't even run off season cycles in the first place anymore. Yeah. Depending, depending. Yeah, dude. And some of them, I know that like, uh, James Hollingshead was experimenting last year with even running really low doses into prep. Like I remember him saying that he was prepping on like uh, 25 milligrams of trend a day or something like that. Like something really, really small that most people would be like, Oh, it's not going to do anything. Um, yeah, no, it's not, it's not like people think it is. People assume that everyone's just blasting their socks off all the time. And I'm sure that there are a few, but they're more the exception than the rule. Yeah, I think people just kind of want to justify to themselves, like whatever it is, the area that they're lacking in, they, they don't want to admit that to themselves. So they'd rather just point fingers at something else that somebody else is doing. So mm. if these people are not eating their meals every day and they see somebody on the Olympia stage, oh, that guy's just doing more gear. He's just doing mm. gear. He's just not, he's not natty. That's why he looks better than me. It has nothing to do mm. with the fact that I can't put food away. Yeah. Or like yeah. I can consistently go to the gym. People are like, oh, well, I'm running 1,500 milligrams and I look like garbage. Like, they must be running 3,000. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. No. That's not Dude, why. You could take a guy and give him 1,200 mix a test a week, and you could take a guy and give him 300 mix a test a week, and they could both have the exact same test levels on their blood work. Yeah. Yeah. It's so people, individual. A lot of people don't realize that either. Mm hmm For sure. There's just too many factors to come into play for it, and that's why it's like, Regardless of what people are running, you really can't take away all the other shit because from my experience, and I can say this going from like what I'm dealing with right now, getting my food and stuff back in order, having lost and gained a lot of my size over the years, food has made a way, way, way more dramatic difference than running gear. I've done yeah. both poorly where I don't pin correctly when I fall off track. I really fuck my hormones pretty bad for this nobody needs to do this nobody do anything that i do seriously but i would pin 
like once every three weeks. Um, just cause I would keep doing this thing in my head where I'm like, oh, I'll get back on track with it next week and I'll pin my Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. And then like a week will go by, whatever. And I'll be like, okay, I pinned on Monday. I did my, my Monday pin, which was at the time, a hundred megs of test and a hundred megs of mass. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's supposed, supposed to pin that three times a week. Mm-hmm. But then I'd miss Wednesday because I get busy and I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to do Friday because I didn't do Wednesday. I'll start again next week. And then next week rolls around. I missed Monday. Okay, I'll do it next week. Three weeks go by and then I finally pin again. That's how it was going for a long time. So I know the difference between doing that and pinning correctly. Mm. And then I know the difference between, you know, eating once a day, eating twice a day, getting busy, not eating at all, losing weight, and then eating perfectly. Mm. And everything benefits muscle growth, the feeling that I get everything is better with food and it's more dramatic by like honestly pinning gear and everything properly i would say i got 20 percent increase eating food like 50 60 yeah well yeah because food is like literally the thing that causes the the adaptation the change right? Like food and sleep. You can go to the gym and train your ass off and you can pin all the gear that you're wanting. But if you're not doing the food and the sleep part, there's nothing to feed that growth. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, I think there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people in the gym that you look at and you wouldn't think they were on gear and they are. And the reason why they don't look like they are is because they don't eat. (laughs) Yep. Right. Like there's a lot of people like that even in commercial gyms now i feel like that's that's a pretty prominent thing there's a lot of people that look the same year after year no matter how hard they train and they can't figure out why and it really is just the food like it's that simple because they'll be like oh i was on track it was like okay how many days of this week did you eat all six meals they're like oh i ate six on monday but then on tuesday i missed this one and this one wednesday i ate five of them thursday i ate all six friday three Okay, then you weren't even close. Yeah. You missed out on like 40% of them the whole week. You need to be 100% of them all week. Mm. I know that, that I just know this. <laughs> I know that it sounds stupid. People will argue it, but like I live this multiple. I've been perfect and I've been completely fucked off track. I know the difference. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dude. I love listening to old school guys talk about eating for size because it's so different than people are now. Like I was listening to, uh, I told you I've been on this kick with Dusty Hanshaw and Ron Partlow's podcast. Mm-hmm. And Dusty Hanshaw was talking about how he ate back in the day. And he was he was like a 300-pounder plus in the offseason. And um, he was talking about how like he had his set diet. There was no reverse diet. He, he had his offseason diet that he immediately went to. And if he could physically eat more, he would. <laughs> so it was like... Yeah. His diet, his off-season diet was his minimum. He'd have like, you know, his two cups of rice or whatever on his plan. But then if he could stomach another cup of rice, he'd, he'd be like, ah, and he'd throw it in there and he would eat it. Like yeah, that you, is- know, you know what some people are talking about? It was a more of an old school thing, I guess. And it's something yeah. that's like, I don't remember who said it, but as soon as he said it, I was like, that's not a horrible idea for people. Yeah. Put sprinkled dextrose powder on your rice. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he says it's easier to eat. Yeah, and like not only just like from having more calories and more carbs and everything, but also like it helps you salivate, and then it's not so dry, and you're eating more of it, and it's able to eat a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would have to do a little bit more research into figuring out like that part of it. But I do know that like sugar and stuff can cause salivation and cause things to be a little bit easier. And it also causes yeah. an increase in your appetite too. So that would be pretty smart. Like if you were having a hard time putting away all the food, sprinkle dextrose powder on your rice. And it probably makes it like kind of sweet. Yeah, it would make it taste good too. Like if people have an issue with that, I like my rice to just taste like rice. Like I think rice, honestly, plain white rice is one of the best tasting foods ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I, I alone? like my rice a lot too, man. I really do. Dude, I just like plain, straight, unflavored rice. Nothing on it. It's so good <laughs> if it's made right. Yeah, yeah. Do you you use a rice cooker? Obviously. No, I used to. I don't know what happened to it when I moved. I must have lost it. But now I just uh, I put it on the stove top in a pan, like in a pot. You really? Yeah, I just boil it in the water in the pot with like a medium-ish heat, and I stir it around. As soon as the most of the water's gone, I turn it off, and then I put a plate over it. So while the stove top is cooling off, it's still cooking that rice. But yeah. then I trap the moisture in with it. Oh shit! Do you notice a big difference in the texture consistency? between the two or no yeah the rice cooker does a better job than me oh no. okay, <laughs> okay. I, was... I don't know how to cook dude i suck at it it's so hit or miss anything i make i can do it the same yeah. way every day but it tastes different every day like cream of rice <laughs> is the biggest pain in the ass oh man yeah well that's why we're oatmeal boys <laughs> they both but yeah. they're both perfect because they both don't taste like anything and they're really easy and you don't have to chew them much so it's like i like both of them a lot it's just Mm -hmm. cream of rice one is if you don't put enough water in it by a little bit it chunks up and gets really fucking weird yeah and two it stays hot for so goddamn long no matter what so you can't eat it right away yes that's so true i always put two ice cubes in it and stir it through for a while that's a good idea for some mm-hmm. reason, you can cook a bowl of oats and a bowl of cream of rice for the same amount in the microwave, and the cream of rice will stay hot way longer. I don't know why. It just does. It's yeah. like, yeah, like it's 20 crazy. <laughs> Dude, I cooked cream of rice the other day, and I knew it was going to be hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. So I like, okay, whatever. I walk away from it. I stir it up, make sure that it doesn't get all gross and clumpy. I walk away from it. I start doing stuff. 15 minutes go by. Okay, it should be able to be eaten right now. I go put a bite in my mouth. It burns the living shit out of my mouth 15 minutes later. And I had already stirred an ice cube in it. It's (laughs) the most frustrating food ever. It's the worst, man. But it's also the most perfect thing ever because it's just so easy to eat and it tastes like nothing. Dude, have you, did you know that Train by JP makes cream of rice? No, I knew that he made supplements and stuff though. So my buddy at the gym, came up to me the other day and was like, dude, I found the the most delicious cream of rice ever. And I was like, what? And it was JP's cream of rice. And apparently it's like a way better deal too than like the Pride Foods or whatever, the or the Bowl of Gains, any of those. Um, it's apparently a way better deal. Like it's more cost effective. And there's only two flavors, I think, in the U.S., on the U.S. site. Oh, he does ship to the U.S. with it? Yeah, so there's he has two different sites. He has a U.S. site and a U.K. site. If you go to the U.S. site, then it actually ships within the U.S. I don't know where it's manufactured, but it's wow, here. I didn't know that. Yeah, I knew that it was. I only never got TBJP clothing because it was so expensive to have it shipped. Yeah, and that's what he was saying because he ordered it off of the U.K. site and it was like thirty dollars shipping or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but you can just order off the U.S. site and it ships from 
from within the country, I guess. But it's mm-hmm. only, I think it's chocolate and caramel or something like that. Like the, the flavors are yeah. limited or unflavored, I think, too. I like unflavored. I just don't flavor it. Yeah, which I figured. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's very <laughs> awesome. thing I talked about in the episode I wasn't here for is so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, while we're talking about Josh, has he told you how fucking weird he is with food? <laughs> for real, though. <laughs> dude it's so funny i wonder if i wonder if tyler will listen to this one and hear us talk about how he's gonna be mr olympia someday <laughs> tyler just get get bigger bro <laughs> hell yeah dude um i was gonna bring something up before we went oh uh we should let everybody know who lost our bet <laughs> before we yeah get... technically <laughs> technically so initially uh we figured it out how what was the method that you used initially just like so initially it was just like how many people got correct placings or whatever and okay. tyler lost he only got one placing correct but it wasn't by much because i only got two okay you got like five dude fuck yeah <laughs> yeah you got like five i don't know how so i had uh let me see i had a i didn't do bad but i didn't do good i was both for sure yeah I was a lot more bold than I should have been. Here, I should just share the final spread. Yeah, I'm trying to go find mine, uh, the one that I made, but I don't know where it is. So um, what we ended up settling on was the way they do it on Brochat, which is number of places wrong uh, added together to be to a total score, and then lowest score wins. But doesn't the correct placing subtract points from the total? And then we yeah. did, yeah. Correct placing subtract two points. So I got obliterated. So I ended up with a score of three, which I'm pretty happy with. Milan was second place with six, and Tyler with twelve, and you with sixteen. You and Tyler were pretty close. Yeah, Could. I didn't have honestly. My top ten wasn't bad it was pretty close as far as just hassan and justin weren't there but like other than that a lot of the yeah. people i had in my top 10 were correct they just need to be switched yeah yeah you just had a couple that were flip-flopped for sure yeah you are i'm not doing any of these with you ever again <laughs> no i still am but that's crazy how accurate yours was did i just need to not be emotional at all yeah i mean i definitely like when I come up with these picks, obviously I'm thinking I'm thinking about what I think the judges are going to choose, not like what I would choose. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think too much about like how I'm analyzing these physiques yeah. and what I see and think, and it's probably not. Which, honestly, is kind of a more fun way to do it. To actually, like, if I were judging the show, this is how I would have everybody. Like, that's more fun. Mm-hmm. But it's harder to win that way, so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see for the next one. I don't know. Um, we'll we'll do an Arnold one then for sure. Yeah, let's but do an Arnold one. You guys need to pick whatever outfit I'm going to be wearing to the gym. Yeah. So, so hopefully, do that soon. I'll have um, I'll have people with me this week. Uh, one of my friends flies in tomorrow. He'll be staying with me, so I'll have somebody to record it. If you guys get that decided this week. Oh man. Okay. I need to message Tyler ASAP. I am worried about it though. So we decided. For those of you that don't know, we decided on a previous episode that the punishment for losing the bet would be that the rest of us get to choose an outfit for you to wear to the gym for one day. 
and make a video film yourself working out in in said outfit so we'll see yeah we didn't even set ground rules or stipulations or like what you can't do so we sure didn't (laughs) so yeah we do know we do know from past uh conversations that josh hates tight clothing uh which will probably come into play i'm sure (laughs) but and you hate shorts i know that you hate shorts I hate anything that shows. I like big baggy clothes I can yeah. hide behind. <laughs> Which is funny because you have like crazy legs. We're going to make you wear these short shorts and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are your legs like that? I haven't trained legs in three weeks again. We'll see. Well, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it on a leg day. <laughs> there you go. That'd be That'd be the best. That would be the best. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. Um, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing the video that you come up with. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, I wish it was going to be Tyler, but then again, he, would he care? He went to the gym in Spider-Man outfit. That's true. It is more fun this way. Yeah, it is more fun this way because you're worried about it. That makes mm-hmm. it more fun. <laughs> I would be too, for the record. I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> no. I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's so fun. I don't I I couldn't even tell you. We haven't talked about it at all. So I have no idea what we're gonna come up with, but we'll see. It'll be yeah. good for sure. For cool. sure. Cool. I'm ready for it. All right, buddy. Well, this is a nice little nice little one on one today. Yeah, I feel like we got a lot done. We talked about a lot. I don't know how much jumping around we did though. We talked yeah. about a little bit of the Olympia and then we talked about Romania. I I remember what we talked about, but it doesn't seem like enough to be almost two hours long. So I don't really remember. Oh, this was quick. It went by quick. It did. Man. <laughs> like how did how did how has it been two hours? What did we even talk about? But no, we covered a lot. We covered the Olympia. We covered Romania. We talked about oh our first shows. We did that comparison. Yeah, I feel like this was a good episode. Yeah. Here. Nobody else wanted to come on. That's on them. I I guess not. All right, buddy. Hopefully next week the whole crew will be back. Tyler should be back in town, and hopefully Milan will jump on as well. Um, and maybe by then we'll have your punishment film, then we can show it on here too. That'd be great. Yeah, if, if you guys get it get it decided this week, yeah, um, I'll have the video recorded this week, and then I'll post it. Okay, sick deal. Deal. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah. See ya. All right, buddy. Bye.